This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Disabled Persons Assembly Notable Radio Show. A whole new attitude coming your way on Otago Access Radio. DPA is the voice of all disabled people, whether the disability be physical, sensory, learning, psychosocial or age-related. Tune in to hear how we can work collaboratively to achieve inclusion for all New Zealanders. DPA's Notable Radio Show, every second Friday afternoon at 1.30 on Otago Access Radio, 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. Toto, everyone, and welcome to Disabled Persons Assembly, Dunedin Notable Radio, for this Friday, the 18th of March, 2022. Welcome one, welcome all. On today's program, we have a guest with us. I'd like to welcome back to the program uh, the president of the Otago Disabled Students Association, Sean Printer. Welcome, Sean. Kia ora, Chris. Thank you for having me today. Most certainly. Kia ora. Just remind us to begin with as to what is the Otago Disabled Students Association? Sure. So the Otago Disabled Students Association, uh, going by uh, Odstuff, to save the mouthful as we go through here, um, was established uh, uh, formally last year and is a final med of Otago um, from both the University of Otago and Otago Polytechnic. And our members may either identify as disabled, uh, an impaired student, or themselves just be an ally to the disabled community. And for the Disabled Students Association, um, disability reflects an interaction between an individual's impairment and the barriers of their environment. And that includes, but it's not limited to a physical impairment, mental health and psychological conditions, learning and all sensory forms of impairment, neurodiversity, chronic illness and individuals within the deaf community and identities beyond that. It sounds a very comprehensive way of talking about how the social model really means that people with a wide range of impairments can self-identify as disabled. And I think that that's quite relevant, really, when talking about it. Sean, what do you say odds have been up to since we last spoke in mid-2021? Yeah, God, it seems like only yesterday now, hey. Um, so it's really been a lot of capacity building for us. So that's really uh, asking ourselves what our why is. And so odds is more formally established what our Pumanawa is, and that's what makes our heart beat. And that's empowering the voice of disabled students through inclusivity, accessibility, advocacy, and allyship on campus. And we've had a professor help us articulate this in uh, Tareo to say, Katina Tangata, Katina Tangata, Tone Ake Ohu, Tone Ake Marai. Which translates roughly to each and everyone has their own uniqueness, life essence, and presence. And that um, in uh, Teo Māori trying to encapsulate the idea of the um, social model. And so, what that's uh, looked like since the last time we've um, spoken was is uh, we um, have an, uh, established a strong relationship with our sustainability office, um, engaging with an initiative that they do on campus called Green Your Scene, as I think would have mentioned last time. And we, in fact, uh, won the COFI award. Um, as part of that initiative uh, due to the, our sustainable actions on campus, which was fantastic. Um, we also uh, won runners-up for the Blues and Goals Award um, uh, in terms of uh, uh, being noticed for the uh, activity of our uh, group uh, at the um, uh, OUSA. 
Um, and uh, past that, so we've been advocating on the accessibility legislation that you will see making its way through uh, Parliament. We've been writing submissions and sending some surveys around to gauge the disabled students' experience on accessibility in student accommodation, lecture delivery and recreation. Uh, we've also been on some radio interviews, like this one here. <laughs> um, <laughs> and <laughs> um, and um, otherwise, uh, we continue to run our disability um, meet uh, through uh uh, nearly to the end of last year, but of course um, we're interrupted with the lockdowns and we've um, unfortunately not since um, uh, run our disability. So we've made the tentative decision to not run that for um, the uh, first term uh, just to keep our, our community safe. And so uh, what we've been doing is engaging with Alfano, um online uh, to sort of uh, realising that it's a tough time for people's mental health and well-being. So um, in orientation week, um, we hosted an online quiz where um I had my uh, debut as a quiz master, which was probably about as painful for me as it was other people. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then otherwise, we've, uh, yeah, it's been capacity building in the sense of uh, building that um, online community um, so we can uh, uh, effectively advocate, advocate for the diversity in the uh, disabled student population. Um, yeah, so I think that probably just about brings us up to speed, hey, Chris? <laughs> It does indeed. It sounds like a very busy schedule you've been on there at Otsa. This leads in quite nicely to the next question, and you've already alluded to some of the issues in your previous response. That is, what are the key issues facing disabled students on both Otago campuses, that is, university and politic, this year? Uh, I think a, a key one for sure, and um, I think you're right. My last response um, uh, does allude to it, and that's that there is this diversity and disability. And so, for some learners, there's been increased accessibility in having all lectures um, uh, online or having lecture recordings, which um, I've you know heard from other disabled students has been fantastic. But of course, that's not mutually shared um, in the sense that uh, certainly people with um, sensory um, uh, impairments uh, do struggle with the uh, online learning side of things. So it's been fantastic there to see. And the disability information and support for Otago um, really stepping up and um, helping students in that uh, that position. Um, I think otherwise, um, definitely um, people with, uh, with uh, disabilities that inflame or otherwise uh, relate to the disabled community through um, OCD or um, anxiety. Uh, definitely, that is a um, that's a lived experience that is uh, an increased struggle with um, with COVID for sure. Um, and then you've also got the uh, difficulty with accessing um, food and support workers whilst you're isolating and sort of that financial hardship that um, comes along with that. Mm. Uh, and how have these issues been addressed so far by ODSA and also by the university and Polytechnic? Yeah, so I touched a little bit um, as far as what ODSA has been able to do and that's um, really been uh, just engaging our um, community online as much as we can taking those um those steps um as far as follow following the government's um uh, guidelines and then sending out those um surveys to try and uh, get a um a grip on um the experience that disabled students are having um past um uh, past odsa um there's um also been uh, the um uh, there's also been uh, OUSA who have organized a uh, student fund as well as um uh, food packages to go out to um uh, aid people sort of in that time of need. Um, and also, um, Odds are looking to um, try and cement the progress that's been made with uh, lecture recordings so that that can, uh, so, you know, 
in this time we dream of in a post-pandemic world, <laughs> um, we will have um, accessible learning back on campus, um, at least uh, along that line. Mm. On a more personal note, in getting to know you as Sean Printer, what got you started on your journey around disability advocacy? Um, so for me, I probably um, I probably spent a lot of my life um, with um, uh, unconscious bias around um, uh, disability, certainly engaging with um, disabled people that I would have met with um, uh, compassion, but probably largely a lack of understanding. Um, and that then uh, began, to ch- uh, began to change uh, when I sustained my traumatic brain injury three years ago. Um, and so through this lived experience, I've then connected with um, uh, uh, disability community members and have started to understand the um, diversity and that unique lived experience of um, what is now my disabled file now. Um, and from that, it's ignited my passion and amplifying those voices. Um, so my sort of advocacy there um, started um, largely with disability embrace. So um, my uh, 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 neuropsychologist uh, was sort of, um, uh, I suppose, a bit wary of me um, uh, engaging with uh, disability embrace or disability pride um, because of that sort of stigma and discrimination that comes with it. Um, but it's something that I really wanted to wear on my sleeve. And I started doing that by uh, being a student rep for my university papers to talk about accessibility. Um, and that's uh, largely how I engaged um, on student panels, me- meeting what ended up being the founding members of the Otago Disabled Students Association. That's very, very good. That's a very good explanation of how you came to this space. And I also understand that you've been undertaking a research project around how ONSA has made itself an environmentally sustainable club. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely, Chris. So um, as I mentioned, we were involved in the uh, Green Your Scene initiative, which is uh, trying to, uh, I guess, uh, unite and um, rally uh, groups and uh, uh, staff members and students um, around caring for Papa Tukunuku uh, for Mother for Mother Earth um, through small um, uh, uh, actions that can be realised together essentially. Um, and so, um, also like I mentioned, paved um, paved the way with that with the award we won, but gave the um, office some advice back, saying, you know, for example, um, uh, engaging in this idea of like well-being, wellness, or um, trying to be um, consumer conscious around plastic, it just isn't accessible for disabled people. And what it really does is creates this sort of cognitive dissonance between um, disabled people um, and sustainability. You know, it's, it feels like we're being left behind there, you know, contrary to what um, uh, the United Nations are trying to do. So what I was doing there um, was evaluating the success of the sustainability office um, to operate inclusively to the disabled community and its different intersections. Um, so to do that, um, what I did is interviewed um, in a sort of semi-styled research way, so informally, um, whilst layering on uh, crypt theory for understanding, um, was tried to garner from uh, different disability leaders the perspective of um, the disabled community uh, in a representative uh, sense um, of the uh, actions of the sustainability office and how sort of disabled people relate to sustainability um, more broadly. And um, that was also then sort of uh, layered with um, what disabled people think of the United Nations Sustainable Sustainable Development Goals, which um, the office, uh, uh, I guess, align a lot of their activity with. Um, so, yeah, ultimately what I uh, did there was to look at a way to quick sustainability, so make sustainability disability um, inclusive and uh, talk to the office about how they could use social reproduction 
to take the recommendations which I gave them to operate more inclusively. So the advice I gave was sort of around capacity building for the disabled community, how they can build relationships um, with us, um, what they can do for accessibility, because the sustainability office has its own neighborhood as well as its office, um, how they can educate their staff on disability, and um, ultimately how they can pluralize sustainability in such a way that the disabled community uh, can engage effectively with it. Um, and so that um, uh, work was uh, culminated into a presentation, which I was uh, fortunate enough to have the opportunity to present at the Global Disability Summit, which I can send a link through to um, Chris if anyone would like to um, access that and uh, see, see my findings. <laughs> That'll be good. That'll be really good. I would also like to post that preferably to our DPA Dunedin Facebook page and to anyone else interested. It sounds really good research to be involved in. As a matter of fact, because climate change will have a negative impact, more of a negative impact on disabled people and other marginalised and disadvantaged communities than any other. Anyway, what are your hopes, Roger, going forward? You've only got the presidency for this year, as I understand it. So what would you like to see achieved and we would you like to see odds ahead after this? Well, I, ho- I hope so. I've not created a dictatorship, so yeah, it, 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 it likely will only be a one-year stint for me. But um, in the year of uh, my co-presidency with um, Rose Abdulaziz, um, what we're looking to do um, again is just bring everything back to that inclusivity, accessibility, advocacy, and allyship. So you know, well, the way that sort of then um, the way that sort of then branches out is to continue to build foundations to ensure that we're properly representing that disabled student voice on campus and doing that with permanency. So. That's us um, connecting with as many disabled students as we can, creating that community um, and that foundation to base our advocacy off. And, you know, doing it with permanency because that is the difficult one with the um, capacity building with uh, disabled students um, uh, association and with disabled organizations um, is is that um, with students, at least you have students coming and going and then you have that um, reduced capacity working in a world that is inherently a bit, a little bit faster than <laughs> than, we're, than we're dealing with so looking at ways that we can create longevity and uh, what we're what we're looking to happen there um so yeah ultimately just uh, growing off on and projecting the uh the mahi we're doing well that sounds really good and just one final question is there anything else you'd like to add uh yeah sure chris um i can touch on a little bit um as to what odds are looking at doing for uh, the rest of the year. So the rest of the year, obviously really tricky one as far as um, what we can uh, plan with any certainty, certainty. but sensitively, we're looking at hybridizing um, a lot of our events so we can engage online. So even if um, we are out of um, any kind of restrictions or the um, uh, perhaps concern um, has started to die down and people can engage both in person and online. So what we're looking at doing is another two uh, quiz nights. Uh, We're looking at doing a screening and a panelled event on the Free Britney documentary. And so that's going to be to talk about conservatorships and disability rights and institutionalisation. Um, we're also looking at co- collaborating with the uh, Art Club um, to uh, look at art therapy. Um, and they have been so generous to lend us their resources for that, um, as well as um, uh, the same with the uh, Ski Club um, to look at how they can be uh, more accessible to the disabled community. And um, finally, again, tentatively unfortunately <laughs> uh, a nutritional uh, a nutrition seminar um where we talk about um uh the relationship between uh nutrition and disability 
Okay, that sounds a very comprehensive, ambitious list of events and collaborations that Odza is making happen, and I think that's fantastic. That's something that the earlier disabled students groups that I was involved in didn't do as much of, but it's great that Odza is doing a lot of collaborating across the university student space and I really commend that. Anyway, on that note, we'll come to say thank you very much to Sean and wish you all the best and Otsa as well for the rest of the year. Thank you very much, Chris. Kakitiano. Okay, well that brings us to the close of today's DPA Notable Radio. Just one very brief notice is that we have a DPA committee meeting coming up on the 24th of March between 12 noon and 1.30pm. Any DPA member is welcome to come along to that committee meeting and if you wish to do so, please let me know at Dunedin at dpa.org.nz. That is dpa, sorry, Dunedin at dpa.org.nz. Next time, I've got a number of notices about some very important happenings in the disability advocacy space coming up within the next month. The next show, by the way, will be on Friday, the 1st of April, April Fool's Day, my word. The year is already going fast. But we'll see you then. Ka kitiaro.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.